hey, there's a show you might want to know about. Now in its tenth season, Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom is a podcast about tragedy, triumph, unequal justice, and actual innocence. Based on the files of the lawyers who represent them, together with other criminal justice activists and experts, Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom features interviews with men and women who have spent years in prison for crimes they did not commit, some of them having even been sentenced to death. These are their stories. Look for Wrongful Conviction wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, how are you? Seen. On. S. S. C. E. Seen. Yeah, yeah, everything all right? Seen on radio. Do we have another little guy or should we switch to Skim? Woohoo! Yeah, yeah! Moo la la! Oh, yes! Come on, y'all! I'm going to Y'all should know me well enough. Please don't call me on my blood. Who y'all think is in the blood? Hi, and welcome to Scene on Radio, episode 21. Episode 21. God, how did that, how did that happen? Anyway, I'm John Bewin. If you've been listening to this show, you know I usually bring you stories produced by me or some of the very best pieces made by people who've done our audio courses here at CDS, the Center for Documentary Studies. If you were paying close attention, you could have noticed that I personally have not produced much of anything new for the podcast since the six-part series that we launched with last fall, those stories that looked at society's divisions through the wonderful world of sports. Since then, it's been a lot of outstanding student work, stories from a couple guest producers, and some of my older stuff, updated or not. I haven't made new pieces because I've been busy with something else, an unusual collaborative project, which finally now I get to bring to the podcast. Storymakers Durham is a partnership led by myself and CDS, WUNC, the excellent public radio station here in Durham, Chapel Hill, Raleigh, and Spirit House, a Durham arts and community organizing group led by black women. This project, Storymakers, is part of the National Localore Finding America initiative. It's one of 15 innovative public media projects across the country. More on that in the credits. This is already sounding complicated, but here's the gist. We got a bunch of people together here in Durham to talk face to face and tell stories. Then we recruited some of them, regular grown-ups with jobs and families and so on. We asked them, hey, would you like to spend a few months getting trained as audio producers and have the chance to conceive and make stories for WUNC and Seen on Radio? Stories about the things that unite and divide us in the wider society and in Durham. A bunch of them signed on. In this episode of Seen on Radio, we listen in on this crazy scheme itself. In a fit of meta, we documented much of the process along the way. As you hear how it has played out so far, you'll get to know a few of the newly minted radio makers whose stories you'll be hearing in upcoming episodes. Introducing Storymakers. 
Last winter, we got people together in five different places here in Durham. A dozen here, 20 or 25 there. Each time we started things off with a good meal. We asked different organizations to host these story circle events, as we called them. TROSA, a nationally renowned residential substance abuse treatment center. Spirit House, the African-American-led community group. Trinity, a private Christian school. The Levin Jewish Community Center and Immaculate Conception Catholic Church, where we held our gathering right after the Spanish-language Mass. The idea, as you can probably tell, was to reach a diverse cross-section of the city's population. Black, white, Latino, rich and poor and in between, people of various faiths or of none. And come back to you, because what's most important here is not just you telling the story, but actively listening to the other folks in this circle. So this again is a time... That is Nancy Mama Nia Wilson. She's the leader of Spirit House and our partner on the project. And you have two minutes regardless. Um, that's, your, that's your space, that's your story space. Nia took the lead on facilitating the story circles along with her colleague from Spirit House, Maya Hunter. No, we're, go we're going to ask a question that we want you to tell a story about. Oh, okay. Okay. By design, the prompt you know. was broad and open-ended. So, okay. <laughs> Am I the one giving the prompt? You want to give the prompt? Okay, so the prompt is, um, tell a story of a time where you had an advantage. A story of a time when you had an advantage. People could choose to keep things pretty light. And I'm like, well, if I could just show you this this product, that you know, and I'd have to keep them talking and keep them talking. I'm immediately, oh well, I don't know, you know. Well, at least you're gonna get a carpet cleaning out of this, wouldn't you? Like at least one room. There's. This is a guy named Greg Clem at Trosa, the substance abuse treatment program. He was clearly a natural storyteller. There's snow blowing. I can't blink my eyes. They're frozen, and I'm still keeping these people talking. You know, and I mean, I sold seven vacuums in my first week. And I think my advantage was just having the gift of gab and being able to keep a conversation going. Other people used our prompt to get more serious, to tell a story that reflected on larger realities in society. I remember being the only little black girl in an Episcopalian school with six kids in my class. And I At Trinity School, Ruthie Lyle Cannon. And I remember my father, you know, working nights, um, he worked for the county, he had a really good state job, and just I felt always felt like I had the advantage because my parents were willing to take risks, they were willing to dream big, and they were willing to push us. And we're just one generation away from, they couldn't use the same bathroom, till like now, you know, my grandmother said, that's my, that's my big baby, I'm gonna make her a cake, her own cake, with her own ice, and I'm so proud of her, because she would say, she's my doctor. So, that's my story. It was last October, and I was driving to... Chip Denton. He's white and the founder and headmaster of Trinity, the private Christian school. I'm driving, I'm making calls like I often do when I'm driving, and I'm not really paying any attention, and I look up, and there's the blue light behind me. I pull over, and I think, oh, gosh, I'm, this is it. Now my insurance is going up for sure. I have no idea how fast I was driving. All I was doing was talking on the phone. The officer comes up and looks at me. I get out the registration. I give it to him. I sit there, and I'm thinking, what am I going to tell my wife? And he looks at me. He goes, where are you going? I said, so I told him that story where I was going. And he said, all right, I'm giving you a warning. 
you know, slow down, watch where you're going, and stay off of that phone. And I drive off, and I'm so incredibly relieved, and I'm thinking, how in the world did I rate this? You know, uh, how many people, you know, something so much worse would have happened to them? Um, particularly as a queer person of color, I think there are a lot of ways in which I'm mindful that there are other people who look like me and who identify similarly that are completely disconnected from their families. Um, that's never something that I really wrestled with. Jesse Huddleston so at the know, Spirit House Circle. You know, being in college and it's seconds. a vacation time and I have a place to go, but I know some of my friends, they didn't know where they were going to go. Um, so that sense of like having a home and having a sense of place uh, can be so meaningful in a way that is almost invisible. I think so much of advantage is unseen and unrecognized. So if we can actually start to my right this time. Um, but it's the chance where we get to actually share back some of the snapshots. So Maya explains the next step in the story circle, snapshots. I didn't expect this when I heard it described, but I came away thinking that maybe this step was the one that really provided the magic. Everyone around the small circle reflects back to each of the others very briefly on something they took away from that person's story. But I, you sold some vacuums. I, I mean, I almost bought one from you sitting right here. So, and then for you, um, I could just imagine you sitting in that kindergarten classroom. I loved it. You know, this was your home. These were your people. This was your family. It doesn't matter. There's no boundaries. Just be who you are. And I, I really saw that in your story. So I appreciated that. And Jenny, what came through in your story was your determination. It just was written all over your face that you were going to use whatever skills you had in order to provide for your family. Amber, what I appreciate about your story is that the systemic racism in the country, through your eyes, you are able to see what we, people of dark colors, black, brown, actually witness and experience. I'm thankful for your story because it lets me know that there are people of your race who now begin to understand uh, the feeling that some of us have in the community. With your story, I'm redefining assumption because in looking at you, I assume so many things, but then in hearing your story, that's why there's the importance of story. You can't assume. It, again, it, every time has been very special for us, and this time is included. Yeah, and we and we hope that again that this project will help us to be able to come together and learn and tell more stories so that more of the community can get to know each other in a deeper level. At the end of some of the sessions, and there's food, take food home. We asked the people who came to the story circles to talk about the experience. And what I really appreciated tonight was amongst people who were complete strangers, there was such a wonderful feeling of good humor and empathy 
And I don't know how you engendered that, but I think it's the most valuable component of what you do here. Uh, and so if you can, like I say, bottle that and take it to your next session, please do. There was an incredible synergy amongst the, the five of us in terms of the relationships between the stories that were generated by the same prompt. Hmm. I've so seen so much power in the people that were in our group. I saw the power of women for number one, sorry. Uh, there was one male. It's just surprising how when you tell stories you realize people are very similar. Because when you walk in, everybody has their own look, their own style, and you say, you know, I don't know anybody in this room. And, and uh, now you feel like, oh, I know you, let's go coffee. <laughs> Something, you know, people are people, and yeah. I feel like I know you a little bit. <laughs> The story circles, as cool as they were, were just the beginning of our project. I thought getting people together to tell stories face to face would be a good thing to do for its own sake. And if anything, people seemed touched by the experience beyond what I imagined. I think it might have been the chance to listen more than the chance to talk that moved people. But the circles were not just about these kumbaya moments of connection. They did double duty as a recruitment tool. In late winter, we invited about 15 people who'd attended the story circles to get more deeply involved, to become our team of story makers. They made up a select cross-section of the community. In early March, we got them together at the station, WUNC in downtown Durham, for another meal of catered Indian cuisine and another story circle. I describe myself as an accidental chef right now. I got big sample, my son. Always a teaching him, please prepare. Go to school, because I want you to be something in your life. I don't want you to be like your dad, because I'm right now working at a mechanic shop. I'm working really hard, very hard for the money. I ended up being an IV heroin addict. Society looked at me as you're just a junkie. You're not going to get your life together. And then we launched into what was essentially a four or five month adult education class with evening meetings here at CDS. We said to the story makers, you're going to develop a story idea with feedback from your cohorts and me. Here's your recording kit and here's how to use it. So you get, getting good levels is a really valuable thing. The other thing, and I can't emphasize this enough, is Get close. Do we have like a little tripod? <laughs> because it's tricky to just be like this. So here we are in uh, the neighborhood that is almost a character in my story about Durham. It's called Hope Valley. And it is uh, an old established neighborhood in Durham uh, that was built around a golf course. And we're actually alongside, I think it's the 11th hole. <laughs> of the golf course. You can hear in the background the leaf blowers. It's a little bit distracting. Sorry about that, but that's um, kind of a common occurrence in the neighborhood because there's a lot of people that work for the people living in this neighborhood and various services. Debbie Bussell is one of the story makers. She's white, 54 years old, a philanthropic consultant, and a recent newcomer to Durham. She came to the story circle at the Jewish Community Center. I felt very compelled to tell the story uh, that I'd had as a newcomer to the area. I was flying 
on a plane back from Miami, Florida to uh, Durham, back to Durham. And sitting next to me was a young African-American girl. And she... Sorry, you don't get to actually hear Debbie's story yet. That's for the next episode. But here's what she said about working on her project. It's, I can't even describe to you the depth of the layers, the many layers that this story has brought up, not just for me, but for anybody I've told the story to, people that I've interviewed, I end up having the most, uh, the deepest conversations about race and social class that I've ever had in my life. And I've even worked in arenas around that, and it's never been uh, as, as deep as it. I've never pulled back as many layers as I've managed to do in the process of putting this story together. Sure. Um, my name is Courtney Smith. I work at a bakery, Loaf Bakery, in downtown Durham. I went to culinary school, and I wanted to be a chef, so that's more of my background. Then I switched over to baking, but it's still in the... Courtney was mostly raised in Durham. She's African-American, 27 years old. She came to our project through Spirit House. Like Debbie, Courtney says getting involved in Storymakers has led to conversations that otherwise just didn't happen. Like I found out more about my coworkers. No, for example, I was telling him about this because for me to be able to go Monday night, and I'm sorry I wasn't there Monday night, I got caught up <laughs> But for me to be able to Courtney and Noah Kessler worked together nights at the bakery, mixing up dough and batter to be baked off the next morning. Run it up. Hey, Noah. Do you mind grabbing me a gallon or two of milk while you're up there? Thank you. Noah's been covering for Courtney the evenings she goes to Storymakers class. So I'll talk to him about the process when I get back in. And so then I found out stories about him growing up here in Durham. And so, you know, stories that didn't come out before. And it's, you know, really cool that you're working alongside this person for hours in a day. And, you know, you a lot of times you don't know things about people. And so She says the stories that others in the project are working on have sparked conversations for her too. Especially, oh, I forgot her name. The woman who's working on a story about the woman in Hope Valley who, Debbie, Debbie. Um, and Hope Valley is like a, a rich neighborhood. I, I'm familiar with, I grew up, I had friends in Hope Valley, but it's also a place that, although I played there as a child, there when I got older, I didn't feel welcome there. Um, so I was explaining that to Noah, and then Noah's like, oh yeah, X, Y, and Z, I used to live over there. And then he starts telling his little stories about like, yeah, you know, and as a white man, he has a perspective that I couldn't get. So it was just like really awesome to, you know, hearing hearing things that his life experiences that would not have come up otherwise, um, you know, so yeah. That is the hope, of course, behind Storymakers, that inviting people in to hear and tell stories and to get their hands dirty in the making of stories, that maybe it creates ripples of understanding, acceptance, connection. It's made me appreciate my community and the community of Durham so much more because we don't tell each other stories. We, we don't do that. Um, and so that's one of the best ways to get to know somebody I'm finding is like just have them tell a story about their life. And so it's been amazing. You never know what you find out. Um, Soon the Storymakers creations will show up on WUNC and here too. 
Next time on Scene on Radio, several of those pieces from Durham. This episode was produced by me and brought to you by North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC, as part of Finding America, a national initiative produced by AIR with financial support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. You can learn more about all the Finding America projects across the country, including some gorgeous video, at findingamerica.airmedia.org. More about our project at storymakersdurham.org. While we're talking websites, the one for this podcast is seenonradio.org. Tell us what you think on our Facebook page, and I'm on Twitter, at seenonradio. Some of the recordings for this piece were by WUNC staffers Jay Price, Leonita Inge, Dave DeWitt, and Rebecca Martinez. Hope I didn't forget anybody. And by Indaya Whitcomb. Big thanks to WUNC's program director, David Brower, the station's point man on the Storymakers Project. Scene on Radio comes to you from CDS, the Center for Documentary Studies at Duke University.